Hello and welcome to Kenner Records. I'm your host Taj Mahal and today with me I got the one and only Benny. Benny G? Ben G? Ben Gellison? Bat? Chip? Douglas? Yeah, Chip that's Douglas? me, that's me. Chip? Benny G, how are we doing today? Always well, how you doing brother? Thank you buddy for coming into the studio. I'm Thank great. you for having me here. Yeah. Tell me about um, Chip Douglas. Tell me, how'd you get that name, Chip Douglas? Chip Douglas. The ancient story. So do you want to know the story about how my name became Chip? Um, or Douglas? Because it was on two different separate occasions with a segment of time in between. So Chip Douglas, two different stories. Yes. That have come together because the names have come As together. As one, exactly. So the stories have come together. Yeah. I'm guessing, now tell me this before you tell me that. Yeah. Uh, is the story of Chip, does it come before the story of Douglas? Just like in your name? Or did the story of Douglas come, it happened, you know, in time first and then the story of Chip? Yeah, the chronological order was Chip and then Douglas. Well. So, so Chip's my nickname. And Douglas is my Nick last name. You know what I'm saying? I have to hear this. <laughs> I, have to, I start with Chip. All right, so Chip. So I started out in this world in New York, New York City, baby. So I'm proud of that. I'm Big proud. Apple. I'm proud of repping that. You know, family moved us to Maine when I was about, you know, five, five and a half years old, and went to a whole new school all new people but still at a very adolescent age so there's still a lot of time to go through the school systems meet friends that kind of a thing so i go to school and you take this gates reading and comprehension test has all the bubbles on it and after the instructions that they show you on the back then they had those green boards um, with like yellow chalk, uh, that's what like they. Oh, have. I remember those. Like the powder would get everywhere. And the overhead projectors. Oh my god! Oh, for, like learning math and shit. You mean that thing where it was like a light that went through a lens that reflected <laughs> on? Yeah, like, dude. Oh man, I remember that. Yeah. I thought that was like high technology. Yeah, dude. I remember in the, you could always you could write with those like. With the markers. On the seat through Like dry erase. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was pretty cool. That was that was the most litty shit ever. I love that. I love those time periods. I got to experience that like up through uh, middle school, which is pretty dope. So Chip, okay, so this story starts way back. That it was starts like way back. So this is first grade to give you a yes. uh, time. So I already lived in Maine for a little bit, and then went to this public school because I went to a private school to start out, um, and. During this test, after those instructions, you fill in, start filling in the bubbles, and it's your name. So I knew my first name, I knew my middle, uh, my last name, but didn't know my middle name. So I raised my hand. I was like, hello, teacher. I don't know what my middle name is. And everyone started laughing at me. Because everyone in the class, you know, this is probably a class of like 30, 40 um, 
like first graders. Um, I didn't understand why they're all laughing at me. So I went home and told my mom. I was like, hey, mom, you need to tell me what my middle name is. I went to school today and everyone started laughing at me because I didn't know what my middle name was. Like, I, we can't have this. What? What is it? She's like, oh, you don't have one. I was like, what? That was Wait, like what? even worse. I was like, oh, snap. Like, you don't not, have a middle name? That's no, no, mi no middle name. And I was like, mom, like, this is something you have to have. Like, everyone was laughing at me. Everyone has a middle name. I'm supposed to have one of these things. So, like, what's my middle name? <laughs> and she, she couldn't just go give me a middle name, right, you know, out the gate. So she said, how about a nickname? I was like, yeah, mom, what's my, what's my nickname? She said, how about Chip, since you have chips for snack every day? I was like, yeah. And then I went to school the next day. I was like, everybody call me Chip. And then people have called me Chip ever since. So then, really, your mom actually gave you the middle name Chip. Yes. So it's... It's not even like a nickname. It's like your middle name. Essentially, it's just not on like federal uh, documents. You got it later. Sense. But I like I like the name Benjamin Gellison. It rhymes really well. Um, when you pronounce it correctly, you know, and it's unique, so that's cool. But at the time, for whatever reason, I didn't like my real first name. I like the nickname better. So that's why I was like, everyone call me Chip. Sure, Chip is a great name, especially when you're a kid. Yeah. So like up through school, you know, you play Little League and such. And people used to call me Chipper Jones. He was, you know, the third baseman. I, I played other positions, but um, center field, second base, all that shit. And went through the school systems started working and such not every building i went to for school or for work knew me as chip so as i grew older it was like segmented on people who would call me chip and i graduated college went through that school system this is my undergraduate degree uh, from us usm and I graduated from USM in 2013. It took me like six and a half years to to finish that because I was all over the place. Started out with music, then went marketing, business, sustainable business, people, planet, profit, three Ps. And you know, I like music and art and weed. Went to a music festival. I started going to music festivals, music and arts festivals, loving it. So I went to a local one. I'm sure you heard it. The Hill, Harry's Hill, Harry Brown's Farm. Oh, sure, of course. Uh, Hillcats. Yeah, well, yeah. Hazy Brown Farms. Hazy Brown Farms, yeah. baby. <laughs> Abajah. Hill Road. I believe that's where it's at. Anyways, so I attended one of the the fests. It was like the whole down, the whole down. And while I was there, I met this dude 
Dan, Dan the man. Um, and he's actually been a friend ever since. He's actually, I'm Uncle Chip now, which is pretty dope. Anyways, so I, I met him. I, I was like, I was definitely, you know, late night having fun. This was, you know, 2.30 in the morning at Harry's Hill. Maybe 3, something like that. And Dan comes up to me. I'm like telling some random people some story about my grandmother. A great story about my grandmother. You know what I'm saying? Anyways. Yeah, she was a great grandmother. Yeah. So just, the, the story she was a great story. Yeah. Told about your great grandmother. Well, great grandmother, but she's really like grandmother. It's not the great like in the sequence. I see what you're But she's, you know, the best grandma, you know. Of all the grandmas. Babushka. You know what I'm saying? Um, so anyways, Dan the man just comes out of nowhere just like baffled. Like, why is this kid, this dude just like telling this story right now? He just started getting engaged so people are listening and shit. And we became friends. And he's like, yo, what's, what's your name, bro? And I'm like, I'm Chip, dude. He's like, Chip? Chip Douglas? And I was like, yeah, dude. <laughs> he's like, word. And now it's been Chip Douglas ever since. So Dan gave you Douglas? Yeah. And he just came up with it, Douglas? Yeah. And so it it went from your mom needing chips. I mean, Chip Douglas sounds like a general or something to me. There's a couple um, pieces of Hollywood that have the name Chip Douglas, where it like stems from. There, there's an old show called My Three Sons, and the youngest son with glasses had, his name was Chip Douglas. Um, and then in The Cable Guy, Jim Carrey, for some reason, just calls himself Chip Douglas as like an alias or some shit. Oh, yes. And my homie Dan was a cable guy at the time, cable dude. Oh, okay. And he just, so maybe that's where that registered. They're like, Chip, I've heard that name before, Chip Douglas. <laughs> now, where I did thought it was dope. that come from? So that was later on at a, a different music and arts festival. And at that festival, that story had a great time there, right? And... I was cold at night, you know, you're out in the field, um, like August in Maine. So it gets starts or like late August, September, September, early September, some, something like that. So, you know, it's chilly at night and I put on a Batman onesie cause I had a Batman onesie and I sewed the VM from verbalized medicine over the back logo on the back Cape cause this shit had a Cape velcro to the onesie oh, shit was dope yes. i was like I used that yeah superman one when i was a kid those are awesome well i had that as an adult i didn't have one as a kid <laughs> but i still got it in baby. i just mean i know exactly what you're talking about i apologize for bringing up the references no i actually owned one <laughs> continue and so i got tired and we had a little fire at like our campsite area and Dan the man was there um, and some new neighbors 
these three angels I called them they're the neighbors and other people friends and I felt comfortable you know warm by a fire and I was sitting in a chair and I just like woke up still in the chair but the chair was on the side on the ground but I was still like sitting in the chair laying down essentially and there's a tarp over me and like as a blanket not like covering my whole body like and then I had like uh, this inflatable unicorn um, tube one of those things that was popular for like floating down rivers and stuff um, one of the three girls, the three angels, that is, um, brought it. Had a name for it, Tobias. So shout-outs to y'all if you're listening. Much love. Can't wait to see y'all again. Um, so I, I wake up, though. And it was crazy. So it was one of those wake-ups where you're like, all right, I woke up. I know it's sunlight out now. It wasn't before. So I, I've been asleep for a while. And... <laughs> And it's like two in the I afternoon. don't really know where I am exactly. Um, it's still registering. I'm still processing this. So I'm just like awake, but my eyes are closed. And I'm hearing all the activity around me. I could hear the, the three angels, or maybe it was just two of them left. Or they maybe they went to sleep and woke up. Who knows? And there's people taking selfies with me. Because I was just like looking like a boss just <laughs> passed out in a chair on the side with a tarp on an inflatable unicorn named Tobias um, as a pillow next to a fire. And the three angels, um, like the, these two people were taking photos, this like wicked, wicked hot chick and like probably her boyfriend or something. This dude with like a huge flower in his beard. Maybe not boyfriend. I don't know. And they're, like, taking selfies with me. They had, like, one of the stands there, which was pretty dope. Like, the lemonade stand. And they're loving it. So they said my name was, like, Batchip Douglas. So Like, the three the... angels passed that off. Oh, okay. So they gave you Bat. Yeah. Your mom gave because you Because I had the chip. Batman um, onesie on. It still had a Batman logo on the front chest piece. That's where it comes on the cape from. had verbalized medicine. So they were putting like a, a cool name for the description. And you know, these people just met me that weekend, you know. So it's like random. But it was the most amazing time of my life. Had some really great times there. Especially that that specific festival. So later on I, you know, changed my Instagram. So if you want to follow me, it's Batchip Douglas. But at the time, when the the three angels gave me the name, it was really Batchip crazy, like Bat shit crazy, but Batchip crazy. So it was that, and then the Douglas found its way back through, and it became Batchip Douglas. <laughs> I like Batchip Douglas. Yeah. It still it still works. Like you keep adding to it, mm-hmm. and it still works. So Benjamin went from bat. You added Chip, mm-hmm. and then Gallison turned into Douglas. Essentially. Bat Chip Douglas. Bat Chip Douglas. That's a story within itself. Yeah, for sure.
So tell me about Gallison. Your, uh, shall they say, government last name? Yes, it's what's on my birth certificate. Gellison. It's a nice last name. Rhymes with Benjamin. Benjamin Gellison. So I like the vibe of it. Definitely nice. And I don't know too much about it. I know it's German. I know it means calming. Which definitely fits my description really well. Because I'm wicked chill. Relax. Laid back. Got my mind on my money. And my money on my mind. Baby. Benny J. Keep it simple. Yeah. And it's not really the last name of my family. There's some other name that my great-grandfather had. And he was moved to a different family and took their last name, which was a derivative of Gellison, Galassi, something of the nature. And it got transformed at Ellis Island into whatever the pronunciation was of the, the group that was letting them through the country. So that was stamped down. So technically, I'm the only male seed left of the Gellison family, clan, posse, squad, fam. You know, the fam, the fam life. So I got all that pressure. And there's other people that are, have those types of situations with families. But, you know, I live with it. It's a cool story. I wish I knew a lot more about it. A lot of people I know growing up have some deep-rooted last names of families and friends and connections. I don't really have a big family. And I probably have a lot of family members out there that don't share the same um, family tree, like currently, because it moved and got split apart. That I might have even run into family members, possibly, throughout my walks of life. And didn't even know. Maybe even had a conversation. Maybe we vibed well. You know? So, it's, it's definitely interesting. Now, I love it when people try to pronounce it, though. Because you, you're like, always like, alright, what, what kind of reaction am I going to get? Like, who, who's going to pronounce it right? And who that you know I'm usually impressed when I when I hear it go down I'm like oh okay all right all right I feel you okay hard G you know because you know some people pronounce it with the the J sound because it's G E L the beginning like I've heard jellison jellison jellosin and I don't know some crazy shit. So sometimes I'll pronounce, I'll, I'll like phonetically write it out for people so they can pronounce it right when you have your name being called up for something dope. You know what I'm saying? You got to have the name pronounced correctly. So it's Gellison. And you best believe that was not written on my LL Bean bag growing up as a kid. Everyone had it. It was the cool thing to have this backpack from LL Bean. Living in Maine, Maine company, you know, supporting and having your name on it. The stitching. So stitches your name or your dog's name or your cat or whatever it was, like, d depending on how creative you wanted to be. But I had initials, CG, you know, Chip, Chip Gellison. Um, 
Okay, so earlier, I think you said babushka. Is that Yiddish? That is Russian. I am way off. <laughs> Samsonite? <laughs> no, it's an old word that you call your grandmother when, you, you know, in Russia, in Russian. And there's Russian genes in my blood of some kind that I've never met or had any part of in, in that sense, besides being the family gene, if you will. And I think it's a cool-ass word. I used to actually used to call my cat Donovan Babushka. I was like, Babushka, what up, bro? But here we go again, talking about grandmothers again. Like, I'm telling you, that's how I met Dan. Just talking about grandma, just talking to these random people about my grandma. Like, yo, my grandma was the best. What up? Love her. Let her soul rise higher. And here we are talking about babushkas. Same thing. So you said verbalized medicine. What is that? Yes. Verbalized medicine. You're goddamn right. VM is the acronym. That was the logo, which is actually a perfect heart shape, a V, and then you continue to make the M. So verbalized medicine. This was a hip hop group. My buddy, Benny, his name is Ben as well. We call him Benny the Loose. We formed a rap group, rap duo in Portland. Did some shows around town. You know, back then you had Big Easy and all these other venues, One Longfellow Square. We got to have a lot of fun. It was amazing. And we had a lot of different songs together. We recorded an album together. It was dope. It really took my rap, my rapping, my vocalizations to the next level. Before I started doing that, you know, guitar was really what my passion was, not really rapping. But it moved to rapping because I didn't have as much time to play guitar. This was a time in my life where I'm going to school full time and I'm working full time. Managing my own homestead and girlfriend. And trying to do music. You had a full plate. Yeah, and be, you know, a young young dude. Yeah, and have a couple minutes to yourself. Exactly. So that's where rapping kicked in. I could rap in my car on the way somewhere, on the way to school, on the way to work, down the street, wherever, walking down the street, walking up the stairs, in my shower, wherever, writing words down, looking at different words that rhyme together, and kind of just making word banks that you can get comfortable with. Just like guitar, in that sense, or music, you know, you, you stress on these notes, these roots, these thirds, these fifths, for people that know music, it's the just one, two, threes, essentially A, B, C. And that's with rhyming as well, like knowing the different vocabulary that you can cross between languages and the way you pronounce things and create a flow. And it doesn't even have to rhyme, but just even finding new words to incorporate into your vocabulary is nice, reading and thesauruses. So I was doing that for a while because it was convenient to be able to do so. And then eventually 
we we had like a good run, you know, like four or five years of doing this. We had to prepare before we did all those shows I was telling you about. And now we still link up from time to time and play, but we live in different parts of the state of Maine. So we don't get to flow like we used to. But you should check it out. Verbalized Medicine. You can find it online still. Some old music, but some great hip-hop. It's positive energy. It's about peace, love, and also like, you know, the ladies. And just whatever we're going through at that point of our lives at that time. Those stories that we're painting out. And we got to the word verbalized together. We're, we're brainstorming for a name, you know. If you brainstorm for a name as a group, you write out all these names, like 50 names, let's say, 100 names. You write out all these names and you're going through and circling names to try to find your name. Like what makes you you, like your group, your music, like titling your creative piece. And then eventually we narrowed down to verbalize. And then we, and then we woke up and found medicine, verbalized medicine. And that's where it came from. It came from that point of what do we do? We're, we're being vocal. We're verb. We're being verbal, you know. And what what is it that we're saying? Like what what is this for? What is it doing for ourselves? It was like medicine for ourselves to be able to artistically and creatively put our energies into music through rap and, and different people with instrumentals, instrumentalists, and create these beautiful sounds at first I it was horrible it took a lot of practice but when you practice you can do anything you can really conquer a lot the human mind but when you put your mind to it and just think positive and you'll get there you'll make it happen never never quit be a winner straight up you got this that's what you got to keep telling yourself sometimes and you eventually make it through because there's no obstacle there's no problem no puzzle that is put in front of you that you cannot handle. Now, are there some easy puzzles? Yes. Are there some, you know, mediocre, moderately skilled puzzles? Yes. And then obviously there's advanced puzzles as well, but you're going to conquer all of them. And I, I initially went to this dude, Benny, who was a good friend of mine. And I was, you know, still practicing guitar at the time. And I asked him, hey, dude, like, teach me how to do that. So he basically teach me how to write my own words that I could rap. So and, he taught you, like, a method? Yeah, essentially. Absolutely. Taught me how to, to flow. Because there was a lot in my words that I would write down that wouldn't flow. And what I mean by that is it, it wouldn't go on the rhythm on the hit points. So you have to cross those words out. I'm talking about filler words like it, is, I, me. You don't need those words. You can chop it up. So looking at it as a mat, as a foundation, and then cleaning it up, and then saying it out loud over a beat or a rhythm, or even without the rhythm, and going off the top of your head is a great exercise. Just try it. Anyone should try it sometime. And you can message me still at Verbalized Medicine on Instagram and let me know 
how it's going. If you have any other questions, we, let's collab. Let's get together. Let's, let's go on a live Instagram thing. Let's do it. Now, after Verbalized Medicine was, was rolling through, I got back to guitar. Somehow, I, I was still drawn to guitar. And what inspired me was my buddy Dan, the man, was like, Chip, just start playing guitar again, dude. I was like, you know what? All right. He's like, dude, pick up the guitar 10 minutes a day. Use a 20-second rule, which is put your guitar out where it's 20 seconds more accessible than it currently is to make it 20 seconds more faster to pick up the guitar and play, even if it's for 10 minutes a week or a couple times a week, just to get it into the rotation of, of being a hobby, essentially. And I didn't really, I really started taking it seriously and it really just picked up and started growing from it. And I started incorporating some verbalized medicine, bringing back those roots of, of rhythm and rap with the guitar playing. And it's definitely something I'll, I'll be practicing my whole life. There's always going to be more to do. But I've definitely impressed myself over this time being able to come up with some really cool things on guitar and bring back some of that verbalized medicine vibe. Another day away. I mean, what I say from relevant experience, but coexistence, audience compliant with the audience. Louder than an extravagant, significant alliance equal to a license of a brilliant conscience. Rapid cognition, mental processing, magician. Systematic thoughts contrasting those expressions of dip setting. The Audi like A4. All wheels are turning, got the pedal to the floor. The engine roars, hear the sleepy head snore. It's another language what I speak when I'm bored. Wake up, wake up, can't you hear a neighbor knocking? It's that recognizable tune. Sun asleep, sleep stalking. Shut up, shut up, my wet dream. No cock blocking. Currently hocking to get Tweety Birdie rocking. Can you hear me rocking from a mile away? A mile away, a mile away, oh. You can hear me rocking from a mile away. A mile away, a mile away, yo. Addicted to the medicine like a wounded veteran. Rapping on the door, bang, 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 and let me in. You hear me rocking from a mile away, a mile away, a mile away, yo. You can hear me rocking from a mile away, 
A mile away, a mile away, oh, you can hear me rocking from a mile away. A mile away, a mile away. Addicted to the medicine, I gonna a veteran rapping on the door. Let me in. Freestyling, binding words up in compilations, signature signing through every day that's new. The past groundhogs day carrying on for 22. But now I'm here thinking in the long run, prioritizing thyself to stay ahead or from a bum. The self control is difficult when the mind strolls. Must keep my attention so I can avoid another toll. Stay steady, put in work, but why work when it is not for the value of your worth? Oh yeah, there's those bills of daily life thrills. That's why you're thinking this with no extra money to even chill Juggling like finagle in order to be stable I put the cardboard under the leg of the shaky table Maintaining deliverance to equilibrium like middle C Continue with the instincts you strongly believe Yes, my inception is controlled by my directing These butterfly effective methods Painted beats with my lessons Getting into what I'm saying Express full tongue when I speak I give it to you for your keep To teach my words I use as examples while I sleep Oh, you can hear me rocking from a mile away, a mile away, a mile away. Oh, you can hear me rocking from a mile away, a mile away, a mile away. Addicted to the medicine, I go to bed around, rapping on the door. Baby, 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 let me in. You can hear me rocking from a mile away, a mile away, a mile away. Oh, you can hear me rocking from a mile away, a mile away, a mile away. The medicine, I can wound it better and rapping on the door. Baby, 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 let me in. Yeah. That was dope. Thanks, bro. Bro, that was like for those of you you can't see it, like you're rapping, you're playing, like that was that was tough. Like it looked technical to watch. Yeah, it does get technical for sure. That was some verbalized medicine. That was a song called Let Me In, a derivative off of it. That was the chorus. Got to give a shout out to Benny the Loose. Wrote that amazing chorus. Beautiful. And I, I took some verses that I've written and, and rapped. One of them was in the original song. One of them was from a different song. Kind of just meshed it into one. And I started playing that song Surf by Mac Miller. On guitar, so I learned that song. I really like just the flow, chord progression. So I made like my own strumming rendition using those four chords and really got into it, right? So I started rapping to it, those, you know, memorable verbalized medicine tracks from the clinic, the name of the album. And it felt really great. So I'm definitely glad that i got to go play this for you guys this is dope and most people when when they have seen me do this because i've posted this on my instagram i just was like feeling froggy one day and, and started rapping while playing it was it was dope and basically people ask me oh you play guitar or oh you rap and what other 
instruments do you, do you play? And I'm like, oh, well, as, as you can see, I play acoustic guitar. I play electric guitar. And I play the 12-string guitar, which is actually here with me. So I was thinking I'll uh, play some some music for you. You gonna play some twelve string for us? Yeah. Yeah, that'd be awesome. What do you got? What kind of twelve string you got there? So yeah, so people, if you don't know what a twelve string is, it's it's literally the same guitar that classic acoustic guitar you see. Instead of having the six strings on it, it has twelve strings, and it's pretty much like playing the. The six string guitar, but it sounds a lot more full. That was your basic E chord. Thank you. Thank you very much. That's a nice tack of me. Thanks, brother. This is uh, my baby right here. Got a rosewood fretboard on her. When I first played it at the store, I could not leave the store without it. There's one of those instant connections that just made sense. So I was like, yep, I'm buying this guitar today. I'm going home with it. I'm going to play it. Where did you uh, pick it up? Picked it up at the local guitar center. Went there just looking at 12 strings. That's what I was on the market for. And you don't always just pick up a guitar and fall in love with it. You know, like sometimes you do, but... I wasn't really thinking I'd find one, and boom, found a 12-string that I absolutely love. So it has the, the red stain as well to match the fretboard style um, with the white pickguard, signature series. I uh, don't really like the strings the best on it. Um, hopefully, Elixir will have some more strings. They're a string company that, you know, got hit by COVID just like a bunch of us and the production line isn't as fully staffed and you know they had to close down for a while like all that kind of stuff you know COVID so I don't even know what kind of strings are on here but it still sounds great doesn't it yeah it sounds bright you know it doesn't sound tinny at all so tell me um you said you were looking for a 12 string Yes. So you were just looking for the sound. Did you what what uh, brought your attention? So I found myself playing a lot of acoustic guitar for whatever reason, and it's probably because of my best friend, my best friend Molly, she always wants me to play guitar, and she wants me to play acoustic guitar. So one time I brought an electric guitar over her house, and she. She was uh, flabbergasted, for lack of better terms. You know what I'm saying? Anywho, I know that 12 strings have this full sound, this more chorusy vibe, but it's also rhythmic. And there's more things you can do with it. And it's also a little harder to play because the neck is wider, so it's harder to, to grip and position fingers and move around like on a traditional six-string acoustic or electric guitar. And it's kind of like two strings close together that you're pretty much, you know, hitting as one in unison with each other. And they're you can tune them in different ways, but just standard tuning, it's all octaves. 
So there, there's a lot of cool things you can do with it. And knowing on guitars, I, I wanted to actually buy a used guitar. That, that was what I was kind of focused on. And you don't always just find that right away. So I was poking around for a while online, Facebook, all those marketplaces. And I popped in the guitar center that day and then boom, presto, this guitar got put in my hands and I was like, yes, this, this is the one I, I knew I was, it's like this guitar is coming home with me. So here I am with this guitar and I don't play it that often out for people. I, I mean, this is a 12 string guitar, it's acoustic. So it's more of like a guitar that lives at my home a lot. So I'll pop it out at my at my homestead and and start playing some chords. It's what's mostly made for, not really the solo guitars that you hear on electric guitar. But you can still solo, of course, just in, in a different way. So recently, I actually was asked by my rabbi if I could learn a couple songs for Havdalah lighting which is uh, we're on Shabbos, which is from Friday at sundown to Saturday at sundown, meaning the day of rest during that time period where you're not working and you're you know, praying, celebrating with your family, friends, laughing, drinking l'chaim, drinking a shot or some wine, whatever. Um, you, you ended out with this, this ceremony saying you light this Havdalah candle and it's a party. It's dope. So like every Shabbos is a party. It's fucking awesome to not work, not look at your phone, not, you know, use a car, not use any of these things and just completely enjoy. Amazing. So I learned some songs for that Shabbos evening for the Havdalah lighting. And one of them I'm gonna play for you. Yeah, let's hear it. Yeah. That'd be awesome. All right. So this song is called Eliyahu. You can also call it Eliyahu Hanavi. So you'll hear that throughout the song. Let's give it a go. Eliyahu. Eliyahu, haunt his 
Eliyahu, Eliyahu, Eliyahu Agiladi. So that was in a, a religious track, Eliyahu, Hanaveh, and we say it during Havdalah, it's a tradition which is at the end of Shabbos, the day of rest from Friday night to Sunday night, uh, Friday night to Saturday night, excuse me. So from Friday night to Saturday night, Shabbos, after Shabbos, there's a celebration, and Eliyahu Hanavi is one of those, you know, real comfort songs for me. It's entering the week and something I've heard as a kid. And recently, my rabbi inspired me to learn it on guitar. And I already know the words. So here we are. So it's interesting. You know, bringing religion and or culture or upbringings, adolescence into your your musical journey, it's painting your story, you know. And finally, I got to learn that song, and it does take me back to this time. So check this out, dude. Everyone, check this out. So there was in Israel. I know I just threw that out of left field, but let me tell you about the story in Israel. So I went to Israel a couple of times, but specifically one time I went there is with a group of 45 other individuals in my same age range, which was a group of 27 to 32 year olds. And we all had similar interests in business and networking. So we went to Israel, part of a group, and luckily, there's musicians in the group, professional opera singers, Broadway actresses, things of that nature, and guitarists, and so on. So our security guard slash medic dude, Lauren, um, he's the man, he had a guitar randomly just he plays a guitar but to me that was like pretty random to have a guitar be at the group because this was a point in my my life where guitar became really important to me prior to going on that journey so this was after i i did the verbalized medicine rap thing and picked guitar back up then i went to this israel journey so that's how that loops back in there and I heard the guitar playing. And I knocked on his door because we all were staying at this pretty cool resort at the Sea of Galilee. Um, up in the, the mountainous areas, northeastern side of Israel. And he opened the door and I was like, what's up, bro? So I instantly made friends. It was sick. 
and started playing guitar, chilling out, smoking that sheesh, distillate carts, edibles. Um, I was good. I was feeling nice. I was like, wow, this is amazing. And I'll leave you on a little cliffhanger. After I was feeling on that level, we all had to get together in this whole group thing and like learn each other's names. And it was wild. Let's just say that. Now, in this journey, there was different activities like that. That was the point of explaining that. So we, we learned each other's names, getting to know each other well as we go through this journey through Israel. And towards towards the middle part of the journey, all the weed just like disappeared. Like all the weed was gone. I was like, oh man. Um, but for a while there, just people were handing me weed because like I'm showing up at to Israel with like a weed maps hat and like pot leaf paraphernalia T-shirts. Hey, what's up, guys? So I'm you a professional were a dude. Yeah. yeah, and I didn't have anything on me at all, period. You know, I had nothing on me at any time. Anything that I did have was either something I was smoking or, you know, an edible that I was eating. So it was great. I was loving life. I was like, this is so badass. And when we got to the Negev Desert part of the journey... We all stayed in this huge tent, and it was like a village. So this tent that we all slept in on these cots fit, you know, like all 50 of us, essentially. And it was a village of those styles of tents that would hold that many people. So there's other groups that were on a journey like we were meeting up there. So there's a huge party for New Year's Eve. And, you know, like American New Year's Eve, what have you. And this was a, a called a Bedouin village. And so that's out in the Negev Desert. And traditionally, these villagers will will colonize, or not colonize, that's a bad term. They'll, they'll set up a village, set up shop, you know. Um, and then they move. They move around quite frequently. They're travelers in the desert. So they might be stationed up for like two weeks and then all of a sudden they're gone. They're moved to the next place. So the place we went to is the more touristy thing. So you could, act, well, it was still was like their culture. They still did it through and through. So you still got the awesome hospitality and the, the vibe of the village, but they just didn't move it. It just stayed there. So, you know, I got to ride the camels there and like all that experience is wicked dope. Um, I even had a running joke with someone in my group um, that I uh, that I got engaged to her, and we were like telling these people in this other group that we just got engaged at the top of Yad Vashem, which is this huge mountain that looks over the Dead Sea, and it's like a think of Arizona, like just rocks, like rocky mountains, and then like boom, Dead Sea, and so people legit thought we were engaged for legit like we were running the joke on for it was on instagram people won money over it shekels they won money shekels is money people were betting on you well they posted the the 
because um, we were joking, you know, we were on top of this mountain, right? And someone in the group thought of the idea of, oh, it'd be great if someone, you know, proposed to someone up here. This is like the perfect spot for it. And I was like, yo, let's do it. So we like did it. And it went on Instagram. And the person that took the photo and posted on Instagram and tagged the group contest thing or whatever won shekels for it. I mean, we were joking. Um, poor, poor woman was still married. So like back in the States, like her family and everything, they're like, what is going on over there? Like what, what you just got engaged? You, uh, what you you're married? Moving quick. Yeah. So it was cool. And back, back at the site, at the Bedouin village in the Negev desert, there's opportunities to, to hang out and socialize with multiple people. And Larone, homie Larone, had the guitar still. So I got to shred on guitar, jam on guitar next to a fire, went to that fire pit, went to this other fire pit, all in this village, you know? And I collabed with people in the group, which was definitely fun in multiple ways. Either I played guitar, someone sang, maybe we sang together, or maybe they played guitar and I rapped, maybe I just listened, and so on and so forth. It was a magnificent New Year's Eve into a dope New Year. I love that word right now for some reason. It's it's kind of like my hook right now. So, one thing I learned when I was out there, my buddy Larone said something to me that was really interesting about music, about playing music, being a musician. When you're a musician, you get to these frustrating points or challenging times whether it be a mental block or a certain chord change scale or song, your you know project song that doesn't take minutes to learn, something that takes a few months, a few years, whatever it is, and it gets so challenging. And I was I was suffering from from that a little bit in the Negev desert, playing some some songs, trying to work it through. And he, he just gave me that, that positivity. Yo, bro, you can keep practicing. Like, you'll get that. You already know a lot of awesome stuff. Because when you play music, you kind of forget. Or you, you don't really credit the stuff you already know. You kinda, you're always searching for the next. Like, what else can I learn? Where can I take it to? That, that's actually with just me and most musicians I've encountered in my circle. I do know that everyone has their own outlook on being a musician. But for me, that's what I'm looking for, personally. And when you get to those times, it's really challenging to, to tough through and, and get there. But you know, ultimately, that you're going to. So you keep doing it anyways. And I played some really cool stuff when I was there, and that really took me off. 
on on when I got back from from Israel, I had my brand new tailor waiting for me at home to do acoustic guitar and brought that everywhere. Started bringing that to mountaintops, started bringing it to Eastern Promenade, to Fort Williams, to your grandmother's house, wherever, we're there. I got my acoustic guitar, what's up? And You were jamming everywhere. Jamming everywhere. You just, it was like you were saying before, with having it available, right? You said it was like, what was it, what was the second? Like the 20 second rule, you could call it a 30 second rule, whatever that as long as it's faster to access and so you were bringing it around and you were playing everywhere exactly you were almost looking for your own audience rather than the audience coming to you yeah for sure and playing in front of people in those audiences especially like during this whole covid crisis um was definitely rewarding to be able to do that to be healthy to do this social distance and people are definitely appreciating it walking by what's that experience been like for you like uh the crowds and how i mean they've obviously gotten smaller for for everybody Mm -hmm. um what kind of quote-unquote venues or setups have you been able to perform in so during these times are just these random spots like the Eastern Promenade. For example, big open field or you can have the oceanfront style or the beachfront style or kind of some scenic looking points for the ocean. And people are mostly passing by. You know, they're running around with their dog on the beach. They're with their family they're running in this running path or biking or skateboarding or just reading a book behind a tree or uh, kayaking they're doing all these different activities but they're passing by so it's not mostly it's not really people like at a show you would have this audience that stays constant and for this experience it's mostly people are running all over the place so i'm not sure how far away they could hear the music still in an, a noisy environment like that but it does travel a good little distance so some people would stop and listen and then they continue on their way you know we all live busy lives and and whatnot but some people would tell me like hey can you play this song or Yo, bro, do you know any R&B? That's dope. I love what you're playing. This jam. Or they'd be like, you suck. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Stop playing. (laughs) I can't hear you. (laughs) No, I've had a lot of fun. I'm not there for the reactions like that. I'm more there to just be me i'm not really there for the other people per se i'm there just because i want to learn guitar and what better way is it than bringing it with you where you go so i bring it and make it work and i get practicing when i can and you should always practice whatever you do it doesn't even be guitar like 
like for example like um my best friend molly she she doesn't know how to roll a joint so i'm just like yo you got practice like let me show you i got these videos for you i'll show you how i roll it up i'll give you some alternative methods with like machines and stuff started getting rid of the cones like i'd introduce her to the cones that so you just pack them like yo check this out yeah so do you like <laughs> do you what do you prefer cones over papers me personally yeah that's a great question. I don't think anyone has ever asked me that question before. Uh, I'd have to say that I like a combination. Now, let me defend that. So I like cones, especially when someone already pre-coned it out for me. Sure. Nicely. That's sweet. Love it. Um, sometimes I, I do like packing my own cones. Maybe I'm just listening to a song or just having a great day and I don't feel like rolling something up for whatever reason, pack it up. But nothing also beats just like rolling your own and smoking it. That's like, it's an art form. People get really crazy with it nowadays. You can see crazy designs like Baby Yoda as a blunt that you can smoke that like looks really vivid, really detailed and awesome. Wish I had that skill. If you're listening to this, follow me, Instagram, IG, at Batchip, Douglas. Let's smoke that. There are some creative uh, doobies, if you if you can call them that. Um, they're, I think they're a little bit more works of art than uh, labeling them doobies, but I have seen some, you know, in the beginning, I think it was just like a basic little cross joint and now it's turned into some quite, you know, like you said, works of art. Uh, I've seen some artists that have rolled some joints that you just don't want to smoke. I mean, they're just so beautiful, you know, that you just want to leave them like on the mantle. Personally, I like papers over blunts, over cones. I'm not a fan of the filter. Um, and I'm just a, more of a traditionalist. My dad had a stroke when I was 14 years old. And at this point, I was in high school. And I lived with the man. And the high school phase, and my dad being sick, and everything going on just made me want to feel rebellious. In the sense of... I'm going to smoke weed. I know it's safe. I'm not going to die from it. And I'm still going to get good grades. And I did, obviously. But one day, my dad caught me. And he was like, you're grounded. I was like, oh, shit. How did it happen? He just started yelling, yelling, yelling with his stern eyes. He was still pretty articulate after the stroke, but he was paralyzed on his whole right side. Um, confusions with names, um, colors, references, but still pretty put together, which is a blessing. And he had to go through rehabilitation. So he was like yelling gibberish almost. And then, oh, you're grounded. You're grounded. So I was grounded. Woke up the very next day, right? I was like, oh, man, my life's over. 
I'm never going to be able to go outside again. I'm never going to be able to smoke weed again, even though I still have a little bit under my bed. My dad comes in my room, right? And I was really scared. Didn't know what he was going to say. This, this is the first time I was speaking to him since he grounded me the night before. And he handed me money, $100. And then asked me how much it costs these days. And I told him at that time, you know, it was like getting ace, like good ace for like 50, uh, maybe 40, so, you know, beasters, 30, merch, 25 for ace. And he asked me to get him some. I was like, what? He's like, yeah, go get me some weed. So I was like, whoa, are you serious? And boom, there I was, getting weed from my dad. Hooked him up. Granted, he had a stroke. He's paralyzed. He, he needs something, you know? And it was a great relationship that I had with cannabis. And my, my dad let me do it safely with him. So I wasn't out there getting in trouble or acting a fool or getting into anything else that could have been crazy, you know, whatever. And it made it really, really more, you know, enjoyable for me in that sense. And randomly later in my life, after getting a college education, I ended up working in the cannabis industry directly in the legal environment and it's been a ride for sure and I think I'll always use cannabis in my life and I always support it I use it in different ways some points in my life I'm like a heavy user I'm using it a lot and then some points in my life it kind of dissipates I'm not using it as often maybe I'll use an edible instead so it varies depending on what i'm doing in my life am i really athletic this year um am i competing in in road races what what am i doing so i i I enjoy it a lot with my guitar playing that's one of the my favorite things to do when you for example just get out of work you get a, a nice chill bud or if you want concentrates or vape carts, edibles, whatever whatever your desire is, and then just pick up the guitar and start playing. Just noodling around, find new things, and start playing a song you know and just getting into a groove. That's the most amazing feeling in the world. Definitely one of them. Top 10 for sure. Well, Ben, that was awesome, man. You've, uh, you've jammed here on Canna Records. You've rapped here on Canna Records. Um, you've told us all about your travels, uh, and where your musical adventure has taken you to Israel. Yeah. We're just, I mean, thank you for coming on the show. Dude, thank you for, for having me here. This has been awesome. A great opportunity. I got to jam with you. Like you said, got to rap here. got to explain some stories and leave that impression. Yeah. Someone else. We got to have you back. You know, we got to, we got to hear about the new journey. I know as to where you're going and you can be contact once again where so you can find me at batchip douglas on ig that's the best place to find me batchip douglas everybody hit him up 
Um, and thank you, audience. Thank you for listening. And uh, we'll see you next time here on Kenner Records. Peace. Peace.